we have to be okay with who we are going to be. And so that takes a little bit of time. You don't know who you are on camera until you actually show up on camera. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't create video and throw it up on social media right away. I'm not going to say that, but I don't know. I would do that. What I would say is it's important to know who you are. Hey guys, welcome to the Course and Funnels podcast. I'm here with uh, Cheryl Tan. Cheryl, welcome to the podcast. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Lucas. Thank you for having me on. Oh, good. Excited to have you here. So we've got so much to cover today. You have a pretty crazy story and business. Maybe let's start. Tell us a little bit about you, kind of you know, what you do and what your business looks like. Uh, well, I guess when we're talking about story, I would have to say that I, I started my career as a TV news anchor, reporter and host. So that was my first job out of college, uh, real job out of college. And so I've worked East Coast, United States, up and down the East Coast, working at television stations, hosting and anchoring the news. And about 10 years or so ago, I decided to go out on my own to take what I learned in the newsroom and work with business owners, experts, entrepreneurs to help them use video to help them feel more confident on camera using what I learned in the newsroom to then help them use video. And really what happened about, I would say maybe six or seven years ago, the playing field got leveled out. People could use their phone to go live. They could yeah. create video pretty easily using their laptop, using their phone. And that's kind of when I started to realize that I could help people using what I learned in the newsroom to really just start to use their phone or their laptop to create video content for their businesses or their brands. And it's been so much fun. Like it has been so yeah. much fun to see just the, the change, the progress, people who never thought they could use a phone or to be on camera to create their own platforms and sell courses and just kind of be that go-to person in their industries. Yeah. It's been really fun to watch. Totally. Well, I'm here to jump into it because we have you know, a lot of people coming to us that want to launch an online course. And when it comes to putting yourself out there, you know, reading a, you know, a, an ad script or filming the course, people are very nervous. And that's you know, a huge reason why they don't end up shooting or releasing it in the first place. So first of all, for someone who is there right now and they, you know, Gary Vee and everyone's saying you need to be on camera. Everyone kind of knows it, I, I think, but actually kind of stepping up, being good at getting the reps in and putting yourself out there to be embarrassed potentially is hard. So talk a little bit about that problem if similar things yeah. happen to, to your client. 100%. And I will say that we have to understand that it is uncomfortable. It's not natural. Like, I mean, I look at my kids and it is natural for them because it seems like they were born with a phone in their hand. But truly, when you think about something that you care about, which is your business, maybe it's your image, you, you want to put your best foot forward. And so, of course, you're going to feel nervous. You're going to wonder, should I be doing this? Should I be putting myself out there on camera? So I think the first thing is to acknowledge, yes, absolutely, it's nerve-wracking to feel like you have all of the answers when you're on camera, if you've never done it before. So I have to say, number one, and the clients I work with are very successful. They have a lot of credibility. They have a lot of expertise. 
They know what they're doing. They know their stuff. And the camera is really the only thing that is keeping them from getting in front of more people. So if that's you, if you are someone who's listening to this and you have a lot of expertise, whether it's in law or accounting or engineering, or you have a business that you've built from the ground up, you have a lot of expertise. And if the camera is the only thing that is keeping you from reaching a lot more people, then know that I get it. I completely get it. So I work with people who have that expertise, who have that know-how, and they have this desire to get out there, but they're nervous. They're like, I don't like the way I look on camera. I don't like the way I sound. What if I make a mistake? What if I ramble? Because I ramble a lot. What if it just doesn't make sense what's coming out of my mouth? And I would say, first of all, that may happen. That may happen in the very beginning. And you said it, Lucas, it's about reps. And I know you're an athlete. You are an athlete. So reps are really important and a very good athlete. Reps are really important. So I have a a son who played American football (laughs) and he would go in and have reps, right? They would go in and they'd have to do plays that were not in a real game, right? I'm not really an athlete. So I'll have to say I just watched him. But getting those reps in are what you have to look at when you are creating video content. It's sitting in front of the camera. It is turning it on. It's hitting record. And this is the most important part that I know people don't do is they actually don't watch what they've recorded. So a lot of my clients, before they would work with me, they would say, you know, I I just don't really like the way I look on camera. I don't like the way I sound. I ramble. I don't really have a point. All of those things. And I say, I get that. I get that. Well, how about why don't we record a video together? And then I would say, let's watch it back. And they would be like, oh, I don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Because it's uncomfortable, right, Lucas? Like, it's so uncomfortable to watch Mm -hmm. yourself on camera. And I get it. I don't love it either. But after a while, you get used to it. And once you get used to it, it becomes easier to A, create more content, B, watch it back, and C, figure out what you need to do better so you create better video. Interesting. So, and is that without posting it, right? Obviously, just filming and like training, whether it's a course, you just kind of keep it on the camera, watch back. And then what are you kind of looking for? We've gone straight into um, delivery. It's good. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what you said about posting is important. I would say that, first of all, you have to record it to have anything to post. But no, your ideal in the very beginning, your idea is not to post it right away. Because for some people, if they've never been on camera before, it is a very big step to go from, I'm going to sit in front of my camera, record something and post it to TikTok or to Reels or something like that. So that step is so wide, it keeps them from doing anything at all. So in the very beginning, the goal is just to record video on your phone for you. That's it. And then what if it's great? If it's great video, yeah, post it, absolutely. But when you're talking about creating video for a course and creating delivery, a delivery of your audio and your video that is compelling, that's a little bit different. So A, I want you to do 
what I call is a five-day video challenge with yourself, is you take your phone, this is just for you, you create five days of video and watch them back. So that's just something you can do all on your own to get comfortable with just even how to record video on your phone, how you look on camera. But if you're interested in creating video for a course, or if you're maybe doing a live webinar, like maybe a Zoom thing, and you're going to use that as a paid offer some t- sometime down the road, then you showing up on camera in a more compelling way is really important. You don't want them to fall asleep. You don't want your yeah, audience to be yeah. like, oh, I, mm, I, I, this is boring. I really mm-hmm. can't handle it. Totally. So um, it's funny. I'll tell you a quick story. Last week, I lost my voice. <laughs> so you can maybe hear it a little bit. It's really, um, I don't love it, but it happens, right? It's, it's fall here and it, it just happens. I sometimes lose my voice in autumn. So last week I lost my voice and I had four speaking engagements last week. I was actually speaking live in front of a, 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 like a live audience. It was at a location. I could see them face to face. And I guess when your voice is, is not there, uh, it's a little soothing, right? And your voice gets lower. I could see two people fall asleep in the audience because your voice, my voice, I guess, was melodic and it was just not as, I don't know, it was not as the emphasis wasn't there like it normally is. So I would say that what's really important, <laughs> so I hope, first of all, that doesn't happen to you. Second, yeah. I don't blame them. It was. If anybody's sleeping in the audience, please wake up right now. Sorry. Please wake up. This is the time yeah. to wake up. You really want to think about three things when you are creating content, video content, audio content for a course, something you're selling, something where you don't want people to fall asleep in. Number one, you want to make sure your audio is quality. So I'm actually using a microphone right now. But you don't necessarily need a microphone as long as the audio quality in wherever you are recording your video from is top notch. So that means no external noise. If you have curtains and carpet, it will help cut down on the echo in your audio. So just make sure your audio is quality. Don't be recording your video or your audio outside. So sometimes I hear that and you want to make sure that people can hear you very, very clearly. I will say in my my speaking engagement last week, I feel like the acoustics were not great in that room. So part of that was they couldn't hear. And when people can't hear, they're not going to focus. Number two, you want to make sure that people can understand your words. So try to have a voice. (laughs) Make sure your voice is working properly. But also speak slowly enough that people can understand the words that you're saying. Speak slow enough. And one of the things that we do when we're nervous is we speed up. We're trying to get through the thing. We're just trying to make sure we get to the point quickly. And sometimes we speak too quickly and you lose people. You just lose them. They're focused on other things. They've got a to-do list in their head. Even if they're in front of you, like even if they are watching you in person, they're thinking about other things. But here in this case, maybe people are listening to us through a podcast app. Maybe they're working out, they're running, they're doing laundry. And so if if I spoke too quickly and try to get to too many points at once, I'm going to lose people. I know that. I completely know that. 
The third thing is you want to make sure that your voice creates interest. So I would say that last week, I might have been a bit of a monotone. Because when you lose your voice, you can only do so much vocal variety, meaning you can only go up and down and slow down and speed up only so much when your voice isn't at 100%. So practice this. So when you're asking a question, be really interested in asking it, but go up, go down as is appropriate in asking the question. When you're answering a question, do the same thing. Do you go up? Do you go down? Create this vocal variety with your voice and you will keep people from falling asleep. Hopefully the hope is there. And then of course, the last part of this is really have a topic that people are interested in. If people aren't interested in, there's no way anyone is sticking around. I've got three teen sons, so three boys who are teenagers, and I'm almost positive I could not get them to listen to something where I'm talking about video. If I'm talking about sports, maybe, if I'm talking yeah. about other Prime, things that or are Fortnite like, or something. Yeah, pranks, yeah. whatever. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah. But if I talk about video, they're not listening. So you have yeah. to also know your audience to know totally. that they're going to be interested in what you're yeah. saying. Love it. So on the on the topic of delivering, see, so you, you kind of mess with me now because usually I'm conscious of trying to go up and trying to go down. So hopefully- <laughs> You're doing great. Yeah, uh, you can improve mine. Thank you. Thank you. When, when it comes to you know d- delivering video and delivering audio on a camera, Let's kind of step back and speak about why this is so important, right? You said that the barrier to entry is so low right now. Everybody has a mobile phone. So yep. speaking about someone who's you know good on camera and engaging versus those who's not and, and why this is you know so important right now. If you look in your phone, there are so many distractions on it, whether it's a social mm-hmm. media feed, whether it's your email, whether it's your texts. So at any point in time, wherever we are, there is something to take our attention away. So let's just say you make a choice and you go on to Instagram or YouTube. It doesn't even matter. And you choose to sit on that app and watch some videos about a certain topic, right? Mm -hmm. The reason this is important, the reason it's important that you feel good on camera and that you're out there creating content, creating your own content, maybe even content that, speaks to a class that you're teaching or a program that you're selling is that there's so much competition out there. Mm. There's competition for your eyeballs on YouTube and on Instagram. And if you're able to be compelling, if you've got a compelling message, if you show up in a compelling way, if, and we can talk about video specifically in just a minute, because you had asked me about audio, but if you Mm. can show up in a compelling way on video and then the audio matches it, And you have a greater chance of sticking Mm -hmm. and being someone that if they're scrolling on social media, they'll come back to you over and over again. And so, you know, there's all kinds of statistics out there that you need to show up in somebody's feed a minimum of seven times. Although I've heard more recently that that number is like triple that now because of how our brains work and how social media is affecting our brain and how we have a less of of an attention span. Absolutely. But what I can tell you is if someone connects with you, right? If you are scrolling on social media, you see Gary Vee 
if you mm-hmm. see you, Lucas, if you mm-hmm. see someone on social media and they are engaging on camera and you like what they're saying, you're going to be okay and click on that next video that they have. You're going to mm-hmm. be okay to keep putting a little bit of trust in them and saying, oh, let me see what she's saying now. Let me see what he's doing now. And it all kind of ties together, but it starts with you creating that first piece of content and continuing to do so. Aside from kind of techniques, what is the thing that does make someone like engaging or charismatic or, you know, attractive in that sense on social media? Because I I agree. When I go through the feed, there's some people where, you know, they could be speaking about anything and just with their passion and I'm in. There's also people who are cool and relaxed and laid back who I'm also engrossed in as well. So kind of what's going on there? Why some people engaging why some aren't so one of the things i work with my clients on is being who they are Mm -hmm. it's not being me or you lucas if we're not me or you right so it's Mm -hmm. you being who you are and i think sometimes especially when i work early with clients they feel like they have to be somebody else and that's that is not the goal so it, it is not the goal is for you to be someone you are not. So, you know, there are all kinds of people who are on social media who are very successful and they are who they are. Gary Vee, um, Alex Hamozi, all of these people are who they are, period. And so the goal is not for us to be them. So I, I need to say that right away is our goal is not to be someone who we are not. And I love what you said is, you, when you're in your social media feeds, maybe you're on YouTube and you see this person and they are high energy and you love it. And then you see somebody else and they're low energy and you love it. Does not even matter. But there's something about their persona on camera that is compelling and you're okay with that. And so I think the first thing is we have to be okay with who we are on camera. So that is number one. Like we have to be okay with who we are going to be. And so that takes a little bit of time. And so it goes back to my five-day video challenge because you don't know who you are on camera until you actually show up on camera. So the goal is not for you to, and I know there are, and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't create video and throw it up on social media right away. But I don't know if I would actually do that. So I'm not going to say to somebody, you know, don't ever shoot video and then post it on social media. I'm not going to say that. But I don't know if I would do that. What I would say is it's important to know who you are. And part of that is using your phone or your laptop and recording you on video being who you are in the very beginning. Maybe you're talking about childcare. You're talking about gardening. You're talking about home staging. Whatever it is, it does not matter what that subject is that you're an expert in, that you decide that you want to sell a course on or give a paid webinar through. But I think it's knowing who you are first will help you with that next step. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of like discovering your authentic self so you can almost channel it in the videos. Yes, absolutely. But then after that, there are things that you do. After that, mm-hmm. it's knowing that the camera will flatten you out. So mm-hmm. if somebody says to you, hey, you're a little low energy, like a little too low energy, then you know you might need to step it up a little bit. It doesn't mean that you turn into Gary V on camera. It mm-hmm. just means that you 
bump up the intensity a little bit so your audience knows that you care. It's still mm-hmm. you. It is still absolutely you, but it's mm-hmm. also knowing that the camera will flatten you out and you need to do a little bit of work. Mm-hmm. You do a little bit of work to get more of that intensity out there. I have a client that I work with and he's very high energy in person. Very, very high energy. We do videos with him. I work with him twice a month. We go in, we shoot videos in his office. And he tells me that being on camera is like a workout. It is like you are running a couple of miles in terms of, for him at least, in terms of calories and the work that you put into it because it is so much mental energy. And I think we have to understand that, that it takes mental energy to be out there and increase your intensity in a way that your audience feels how much you care about what you're talking about. Yeah, definitely. So let's say I'm curious because I want to go into a specific. I know for myself and even some course instructors, even like actors that I've worked with for doing Facebook ads and content, it's the same as there when they get a script, right, to read from, it's very, very hit or miss, right? Um, some people kind of get it and they can and they can make it seem natural. And obviously that, you know, the, the script can make or break the delivery as well, right? If it's a bad script, it's always going to sound bad. But how, how can you go about kind of, you know, following a script and still keeping it feeling natural and engaging and not like I am speaking a script like this? Like, how would you approach that script if someone doesn't have a ton of experience with scripted content before? Yeah. Okay. So I would say is those are actually two different things. So let's okay. say you are trying to get, let's call him John. Mm-hmm. Let's say you're trying to get John to be more of himself on camera in a way that is engaging to his audience. Okay. So let's mm-hmm. say you're working with John. I would say, first of all, that when we're working with John about getting his expertise out there, Mm -hmm. that's a very different skill because we can ask John questions about, let's say he's a lawyer. We can ask John about the law in a way that gets him excited about talking about Mm -hmm. this subject. And he, there's no script. Like there's a way to do that. There's a way for him to Mm -hmm. be himself. There's a way to make sure that he addresses the things he needs to address so that he is seen as that expert. Okay, so there's that. Mm -hmm. So that's separate. But reading a script is a different skill. So I'm not saying that it's impossible at all, but reading the script is definitely a different skill than talking on camera for like two minutes about the law or accounting, or construction, or things like that. So to answer your question about how to be a better script reader, maybe reading from Mm -hmm. a teleprompter, Mm -hmm. is I would look at script, first of all, and know that it takes some practice, but I would look at a script as a script. And if you've ever heard about marking up scripts, I would definitely take those skills and take that to my script. So let's say you have a script that's a paragraph long, four or five sentences. Each one of those sentences, you need to go through and do those markings on the words Mm. that will help you remember to emphasize certain words with more intensity, slow down certain passages, pause at periods, and maybe speed up in certain parts. So it's actually dissecting that paragraph and making sure that when you're saying it, 
you're hitting all the right notes. It's kind of like being a composer or playing Mm -hmm. an instrument. Mm -hmm. And it's taking that piece of copy and reading that copy over and over again, almost to the point where it doesn't make sense, where you're Mm -hmm. reading that copy over and over again so the audience that you're intending to hear this understands it completely, understands all the words. And so that's how you can get the people who are doing Facebook ads to read a script the way it does and the way that you want it to, to be delivered. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. them just to go it through it. It takes a little time. Um, practice, totally, totally. Well, I want to transition a bit because we kind of jump straight into, you know, delivery and being on video and kind of being charismatic. We can come back there as well, but you have um, an insane business, right? And and business journey. Like you said, you, you were kind of, kind of in TV and now you're a coach and you also, also sell some amazing digital products on your side as well. So kind of yeah, tell us a little bit about the current business right now, the different products, the different offers you've sure. got going on. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I love digital products, first of all. I mean, I buy them. I, I'm sure you do too. I think we all do. They're just such a great way to, as a student, right? So as a student, to get knowledge from the course creator. But then as a course creator, it's just a great way in the moment in time that you're, whatever you're teaching, to teach something that is on your heart. And what I, I think it's beautiful too is you can also update things and you have this relationship with your students. So I have a number of courses that are just kind of on my website and they're all different price points. And I just, I really love the opportunity to create really targeted kinds of products that support my clients and my students for whatever they need it. So it's kind of like just-in-time learning. I, I really love that. So I've got kind of, a, like I said, a, a gamut. And I have and I really work one-to-one also with students. So I work one-to-one with them in what I call a virtual video day. And that is hands-on where we go and we work with them on their delivery, just kind of like we talked about here. I, worked on, I work with them on their delivery to help them be themselves on camera. And then we shoot videos virtually. And then I give them videos at the end. That's awesome. So, so, so you work one-to-one for, for that whole day with them digitally, I assume, and you coach them, go back yep. and forth. And by the yep. end of it, they're, you know, confident. Here are some it. videos. Right. Wow. Yeah. Hey, they're themselves. Like, to me, that is yeah. the most, the, like, the highest compliment is like, oh, yeah. I'm myself on camera. So we wow. do that together. And that's, mm-hmm. of course, not a course. Like, of course, that's not a course, but that is the the one-to-one offer that I have. Mm-hmm. But before that, I have a video boot camp because again, mm-hmm. when you're creating videos, I mentioned earlier, you're not going to get better if you don't put the reps in. You just yeah. won't. So I have a video boot mm-hmm. camp that allows people the space and the time to shoot their videos and post them where we can all see them. So that's... Mm-hmm a program that I have there. I've got classes that they can take, lessons that they can learn from. But then at the end of the day, the goal is for them to for them to create video and upload them all on their own and we watch them at a later date. And then I have a number of smaller programs as well. Mm-hmm. With the with the kind of one to one high ticket offer that you have, what are the rough kind of price ranges for that one day? The price range? Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a it goes from twenty five hundred up. So you can get more than one day. And then there'll be a discount as we bundle them. But the video virtual video days are $2,500. And they get support for 30 days afterwards. 
so good at the moment what does the what does the funnel look like so you have kind of the these lower tickets and, and boot camps on the front end you have this one-to-one um i know it's all on your website but you know where's I, the traffic coming from sure. where do most of the um where you know yeah where does most of the traffic flow through it's such an exciting world that we live in, honestly, mm -hmm. right? When we're talking yeah. about collaboration, we're talking mm -hmm. about audiences. So I do a lot of in-person speaking. And so when people invite me to speak, I talk about what we just talked about here today, talking about mm -hmm. showing up on camera as yourself, talk about video tips and audio tips and messaging ideas and strategies and things like that. So I talk about all of those in person. I do that virtually as well but I do a lot of that in person. I also do a lot of collaborations. So when I do um, collaborations online, for example, um, I did a video on my YouTube channel, um, it was about six or seven months ago or so with BigView, which is a teleprompter app. They reached out to me and now I host webinars from them. And I get clients because I'm wow. in front of their audience. They're a much bigger audience. As yeah. you're yeah. inviting me onto your podcast, I have the opportunity to do podcast interviews. So thank you very much for having me on your show. But I do that. And it's just a way to increase connections, collaboration, and increase the audience. Yeah. So, okay, interesting. Let's stay on this topic. So if someone has sure. a, you know, like a coaching offer or a, a digital product suite in terms of you know, getting their name out there, obviously there's podcasts and then there's speaking gigs. What are some things that you have done or that you're doing or that you've seen your clients do to kind of help mm -hmm. You know, if someone's starting out to, you know, get, get those reps in and start getting out there. It's powerful. It really is powerful. Mm. First of all, you know, we know what the funnel looks like, right? We know the mm. funnel and I've got, I'm like showing the, the you know, what a funnel looks like. But at the top of the funnel, you have all these people at top. I'm going to actually, th I'm going to ask you to flip that a little bit. I'm going to ask mm. you to go and start at the bottom. And, and the reason I say that is because I think we forget sometimes how important our local networks are. We sometimes forget how the neighborhood networking organization is really powerful. So I know we want traffic. I know we want all the numbers. But when you really think about authority, when you really think about trust and building trust, the people who sometimes trust you the most are people who have watched you grow. So I want you to really think about, especially if you don't speak too many in too many places, if you're still mm -hmm. just starting out in this on the speaking circuit, if you're trying to get in front of new business owners or new potential clients, if you want to get your speaking skills up to snuff, is I really would encourage you to look at where you live. Where do you live, Lucas? I'm in uh, Phuket, Thailand. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and you live there right now, right? Right now, yeah. Okay, so if you live there, then you have a local market that may be really interested in hearing what you have to say. So maybe it's a local business group, maybe it's a local networking organization, maybe it's a chamber of commerce. Um, it could be something not even all that organized, but because it could be even something surrounding your local media. And one of the things I do talk about with my clients is to use the local media as well, is to see if there are ways that you can provide an article, if you could provide some sort of resource to the local media on your expertise. And 
having them feature you is powerful because it's a bigger audience than you might have. And it's a way for you to be seen in that local area. Somebody might then see that and say, oh, you know, Lucas, I'd love to hire you to help me work on my Facebook ads. Or I'd love to have you help me with X, Y, or Z. I see you have a podcast. Maybe you can help me with that. But because you have that local, uh, wherever you are local, you have that local tie, people might trust you a little bit more. And I would suggest mm -hmm. starting there. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, then yes, there are conferences, especially now, conferences, there are places looking for speakers, there are opportunities for you to always share your expertise. But the first thing you need to do is figure out what that expertise is. What is it that you speak about that someone else might be interested in having you come out to speak on? Maybe they'll pay you, maybe they won't, but they won't know until you have a topic that is compelling. And where this ties in with video is you can see if it's compelling first by creating a video on it and saying, okay, well, I've got a compelling speaking topic. Let me put that into a video and people will tell you right away. They will tell you right away whether that's compelling or not. Totally, totally. Either they'll watch and it or they won't. Yeah. What are some tips around making videos you know, more engaging and, and more compelling in terms of tactical things where if I'm mm -hmm. shooting some Instagram reels, some TikTok videos yep. or whatever, some yeah, point is I can remember to make sure that my videos sure. are as compelling as possible. So first of all, especially um, if you haven't done video, we like to start off with things that make us comfortable as the video creator. We'll say stuff like, hey, everybody. I'm so glad to be here. And those like five seconds, your people are out. Yeah. So the most important thing you can do, especially when you're talking about Instagram reels or if you're on TikTok, when you have such a short amount of time, you have people who are literally scrolling after three seconds, if you're not compelling, is to focus on something that your audience wants to hear. Mm -hmm. Number one is to focus on that. And I like to really think about this framework. I talk about it on my YouTube channel. It's this problem, solution, transformation framework. And really starting out your video, focusing on what their problem is. So for me, I know that my audience, their problem is that they're afraid of being on camera. They don't know how to use it right away. And so I'm going to address that first. Are you afraid of getting on camera because you're afraid that you won't look professional? So that would be how I could start my video. Mm -hmm. If that is the case, let me tell you what you can do. Here are three things. So I could give three things about quickly about what they can do to feel more comfortable on camera. And then I can talk about a transformation. Do these three things and you'll instantly feel more like yourself on video. So mm -hmm. see the framework, yeah. problem, yeah. solution, yeah. transformation. And really, yeah. if you use, there's a ton of other frameworks you can use, but really starting out, you can use that for every single video for the first 20 videos you create on any platform yeah. and really address the problem that your audience is facing right away without a hi, how are you? Great to be here. Because I see that a lot. <laughs> hey, same, same. Cheryl yeah. here. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that makes, that makes total sense. So th those kind of frameworks, obviously it's, how you say it, but also obviously leading with an interesting topic that's top of mind. 
that you know is a problem your viewer is facing, they're always going to suck it in because they're always looking um, for solutions of it. Yeah. So th- tell me a little bit about through your uh, coaching um, and every you know, program, some of the you know the business owners or the, or the course creators that have come through some mm-hmm. of the problems that were struggling and kind of how you fix that, you know, and the, the kind of transformation that that happened. That's a great question, Lucas, really. I would say that the common denominator of people who come to me are people who have many years of experience. So the actual industries are all, they're far, they're far reaching and wide ranging. So I've worked with people in law, in real estate, mortgage, the mortgage world is very big um, in terms of education. Because if you're thinking about creating content that educates an audience, then those people do come to me as well. So you have financial advisors. Mm -hmm. I work with people who have really built businesses through their expertise. So when they come to me, they're like, I know so much, what do I do with it? Mm -hmm. And I would say there are a couple of issues that I see kind of right away. Number one is the camera is, the camera, it makes them very anxious. (laughs) The camera makes them extremely anxious. And, you know, you could look at them and say, well, I don't understand because you speak publicly all the time. Like these are people who are very accomplished, who speak on big stages, but for whatever reason, the camera is the one thing that makes them very nervous. And so I always say to them, okay, we just really need to get on camera. And so I do what, I, what I've said throughout this whole talk is to really just build that muscle memory, that video muscle, if you will, is to make it feel more natural and normal to create mm-hmm some sort of video content and I have them do it every single day. Cool. And then I have them send it to me. Mm-hmm. And once they get past that, it takes sometimes a little bit of time, then they they really feel they're like a new person. And then you can't stop them. Then they start creating video all the time. They'll start posting on LinkedIn. They'll start putting it on YouTube and and really creating their own platform. So some of my clients are executives and they'll get promotions. Some of them, they're not, they're not really creating courses at all. They're not, their desire is really not to be a business owner, but really to establish themselves as an expert in their field. And what, that, what happens to, for some of them is they get really noticed and then get the jobs of their dreams. It's, it's really incredible. The second thing I would say that I've noticed is, and we all do it, is we, you know, we, we know our stuff. Sometimes we we overteach. Sometimes we try to teach the most complex things without simplifying first. So if you know something really well, you're at a 10 plus on a scale of one to 10, you know something so well, you're at a 10 plus. And when you're at a 10 plus and you're teaching it to someone who's new, they're not at a 10 plus. They're maybe at a, a one. So sometimes we are not making it simple enough for our audience to understand. And when we don't do that, we lose them. We lose them, they go away. They go away, they may not come back. (laughs) So we really want to be as simple in our explanations as possible so our audience gets us and wants to keep coming back for more. Totally, totally, yeah. Yeah. Even even from a um, a copywriting perspective, like measuring, there's been tests where it's like, you know, uh, ninth grade reading level is like perfect for copy where it's just simple enough where everyone gets it. 
Um, so you know, I see that a ton as well in, in, in marketing videos, even in course videos where people are using all these terms where if you oh, spoke, yeah. you know, like I try to teach it to a 10-year-old, um, they'll understand it a, a lot better. So I totally, totally get that. Um, well, we have to move towards wrapping up, but um, I guess is there anything else in terms of video or you, you know, content that you think you know, the audience could benefit from hearing that we haven't covered? Absolutely, yes. Uh, I would Obviously say there first is, of all, yeah. well, yeah. well, no, I would just say that, I mean, this has been a really great conversation and yeah. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. Yeah. And the reason it's important is as I've worked with hundreds of people over the years, we all have some amazing ideas in our heads. We've done some amazing things. And if we don't take the time and make the effort to put it out there, then people won't benefit from them. So I know that sounds really simple, and I mean it to be very simple, but I can't even tell you how amazing some of my clients have done, like just some of, some of the amazing work that my clients have done that they wouldn't have done if they hadn't started to put themselves out there on video. I can't even tell you. I just cannot even tell you because in the very beginning, it's very nerve-wracking. In the very beginning, you're like, I cannot do this. They cannot do this. It's not possible. But one step after the other, one step, step by step, you start creating this video content. You see the reaction. You help so many more people. Mm. And without that effort, there wouldn't be the result. So I would just say that if, you, if, this, if there's something in your heart that you want to teach, please don't hesitate because somebody out there needs to hear what you have to say. Totally, totally. It's selfish for not teaching. Yes. Fact, you know? Yes. yes. You know? Amazing. Well, Cheryl, thanks so much for, for coming on and sharing all your expertise. We learned a ton. It was amazing. It, it's such a good topic that I feel like is so important that you know, not enough people are speaking about. It's all about algorithm hacks, but you know, people right. watch people. So this is an amazing topic and I'd love to get you back on again. For sure. I'd love it. Um, where can people go to find out more about you, to work with you one-on-one, -on -one, to buy all sure. your products? Yeah, thank you. Um, my website is CherylTanMedia.com, and you can find me on YouTube. I've got videos out there all for free. So CherylTanMedia.com, YouTube. I'm also on LinkedIn, and send me a message. I'd love to talk with you. Love it. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening. Cheryl, again, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you, Lucas.